0: I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited for our first speaker. Um, You guys know her. You guys love her. She is our friend. Would you put your hands together for our good friend, Big Trouble, Little China.
1: I am very uncomfortable to stand in front of you guys, but I am going to. I have a speech problem, and it's it's uncomfortable. I don't always have the problem, but most sometimes I do. I was born in June 1986. I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. I got baptized when I was a baby, October 1986, as a Catholic. Again, when I was in eighth, <laughs> I was in eighth grade when I went to a Methodist church. I got saved when I went to a Methodist church. The pastor there prayed for me because I was going through a tough time with my family. The reason why I was having a tough time with my family is because my mom and my real dad got divorced. Um, My mom and dad got divorced in 1990. I was five years old, and my brother was 11 years old. During that divorce... I only got to see them, or I only got to see my dad every other weekend, Um, and I was only able to spend as much time, or not, I was only able to spend that weekend with them. During the holidays, I was running around in between the different uh, family houses. One was my dad, one was my, one was my grandma's, and the other one was my mom and my stepdad's house. My mom married my stepdad in December 1990, and we got four more people in our family. My family does go to church, but they go to a disciple Methodist church, and the reason why I go to Assembly of God church is because one of my friends in St. Louis got me going to their church, and I had a lot of fun at that church, the church I went to in St. Louis is called Grace Union. I was going to a Methodist church my first part of my life, and then I had a really good friend named Brian Wilson that invited me to go to Grace Union that was a Assembly of God church. I started going to that church when I was a sophomore or a junior in high school. The thing that got me serving in that church is that the youth pastor at Grace Union asked me to help out with the media and sound stuff in his youth ministry, and I said yes. I also helped out in the kids area there, too. I moved to Kansas City, Missouri in June 2007. My dad got transferred to a bank up here to do a a fraud exam in on that bank. I started coming to Crown Point Church in two thousand two thousand seven also. I didn't know anyone in the church. I came freshly new into this church because my youth pastor from my old church knew Craig and Stephen. Craig introduced me to a few other leaders, Denise and Nate and and teenagers here at the church. After a few weeks I started to learn how to do media because I used to do it at my other church. So I wanted to do it here also. I also ended up doing media downstairs because Craig talked to Chris and they had me learn down there too. I know I'm not perfect, God is still working on me but I want to encourage you to follow Jesus in all things you do. My life is forever changed because of him.
0: One things I do love about Jessica is she is so faithful. Like, like I know, like she will. She's working two jobs right now, and she tells them she's like, "I cannot work Wednesday nights. I have to be at church. I cannot work Sundays. I have to be at church." And she's so faithful to be here. She's so faithful to serve. And and I just, I just love having her on our team and as a part of our team. Do you guys love trouble? Okay. Up next. Whoa. I'm excited to uh, to uh, introduce this person to you guys. When I first came here, she was a student and an awesome student. This girl could out eat, out burp, out probably fight most really beat up most boys in the whole youth group. Would you guys put your hands together for Hannah Massey?
2: Hey guys. Um, so some of you have heard my testimony before, but um, there's always something to be learned from it. Um, I grew up in this church. Um, my parents met in this church, and uh, I was born here. Um, I grew up here, and um, I was always a good Christian girl. You know, I knew all the um, all the steps to follow, and you know what, how I should talk, and how I should look, and act. Um, but I didn't, I didn't really know what it meant to have a relationship with God. And I was going through the motions, but I wasn't really serving Him. And there's a song by Bob Dylan, um, call, and it says, You've got to serve somebody. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. And I wasn't serving God. So I began serving my flesh. And... Um, I took the weight of the world on my shoulders. I was like, I can do this on my own. Um, I don't need anybody to help me. And I began, I began having trouble with depression and anxiety. And um, God didn't create us to go through life alone. He created us to have him. With us to support us, and in uh, 1 Peter 5 7, it says, Cast your anxieties on the Lord, for He cares for you. And I was struggling with anxiety because I wasn't letting God take that from me and take that weight. Um, when I was in high school, I began taking medication for my anxiety and depression, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I've seen medication help many people um, with many different things, um, but I was using it as a crutch. It took away all my motivation and all my excitement about life, and I was just dull. I didn't, I didn't care about school anymore. I didn't care about my friends, and I was, I just became very secluded. I grew distant. Um, and my anxiety grew worse, um, the medication wasn't working anymore, um, so I had to take days off of school. I was, my grades were suffering, my friendships were suffering, because I, I just didn't, I just didn't want to do life. Um, my medication dose was raised, and I didn't care all the more, um, then I went off to college. I didn't go off, but like I graduated high school and I started college. And I didn't care about school. I didn't care about life. Um, I had no self worth. I was in a deep depression. Um, I didn't care about God. I still went to church sometimes, but I wasn't going on a regular basis. Um, and the only reason I was even going to church at all is because my parents told me I had to. They said, if you're going to live here, you you have to go to church. Um, I, my um, freshman year of college, I had to have a mole removed from my leg. And I used that wound to express the pain that I was feeling on the inside. Um, and soon that wasn't even enough to express my pain and I wanted to die. I wanted to show the world the pain that they had caused me in my life and um, and then I remembered something that I promised my mom when I was a little girl. She told me that I was never allowed to run away unless I took her with me and I thought well this committing suicide is running away. It's running away from life. So I just I loved my mom so much, I couldn't break that promise to her, and I told my dad, um, and he took me to the hospital, and I was in the psych ward for six days, because I wanted to die, and because I was mutilating myself. Um, My meds were changed again, and I was more carefree than ever. Um, I still had a void. There was... And I didn't know how to fix it. Um, this is so cliche, but it's true. Everyone has a God-shaped hole in their heart, and I and I was seeking for something, and I wasn't finding it. And um, my parents insisted that I start going to church regularly again, and I was scared because I hadn't been coming regularly. I'd been gone for a long time, and I was afraid that I would be met with judgment. And that people would ask lots of questions, and where have you been, and why haven't you been at church? Um, but that's, that's not what I found out. Um, I came back here, and I was met with open arms. And people welcomed me. They said they loved me. They didn't ask me where I'd been. They just were happy to see me again. Um, and that really started the beginning of my healing. Um, I slowly let God back into my life. I started going to Sunday school. I started reading my Bible. um, And I was in a relationship that I knew wasn't right. Um, But the relationship at that time, it was a distraction for me. And it helped me cope with the worries that I had about life. Um, In June of 2012, they... um, the church had some students from CBC come, and they've come several times since then. But um, at the end of service, they had an altar call, and I I wanted to pray for my anxiety, but I was skeptical. I was like, I, you know, people pray for healing all the time, and it doesn't happen. Um, so I went up anyway, and I told the girl my, what I had been struggling with. And she said that she had struggled with anxiety for a long time and that she used to take medication and God had healed her. Um, And that kind of strengthened my faith. After she prayed, I um, started gaining confidence. I was somehow able to face life again. Um, I stopped taking my medication and I was fine. Um, And... After that day, I didn't really—I mean, it it seemed like a slow process, but um, I didn't struggle with anxiety or depression anymore, and I haven't since then. Um, and then July 15th of 2012 um, was the most life-changing day um, that I've ever had. Um, I was just standing in service, praising God, and all of a sudden, this weight— came down on my shoulders, and it was the most real weight. It was like someone had actually put sandbags on my shoulders, and I dropped my hands because I couldn't even, I, I wasn't even strong enough to lift them, um, and all these thoughts of failure, all these mistakes that I'd made, and, um, you know, that I had been, that I'd fallen away, and there was no way that I could regain the ground that I'd lost, um, in the past, um... That I had just, that I'd made all these mistakes in my relationships and with my friends and my family. And I just, and I was like, I I don't have to do, I don't have to listen to this. This is not true. And with every ounce of strength that I had in my body, I lifted my hands in the air and I began to praise God. And the weight left. And I just, tears of just relief and joy started flowing and um Nick had an altar call and he wasn't planning it but um he called everybody up to the front he just said I feel like that um you know some people need to pray some stuff out and I went up to the front and I knelt on the steps and I began to pray and weep and cry out to God and the next thing I know, Eunice Newby is coming over and she taps me on the shoulder and she said, it's time for pastor to preach. Can we take you in the back? And I was just like, this is my worst fear come true that I was going to be the last one praying and I wouldn't know, but, um, it was okay. I, Eunice walked me out and, um, Eunice and Teresa Curry took me in the crown room and, um, asked me what was going on. And I talked to them and they prayed with me and, After church, I called my boyfriend and I told him that I wasn't sure about the relationship, that um, I needed some time to think about what I wanted and, you know, if I thought that he was right for me. Um, And that Thursday, I called him and I broke up with him. And it was really hard because um, he had been kind of the person that I was leaning on through all this. Um, and we had had, we had made some sort of concrete plans. He was from Iowa and he was going to move here. Um, I was taking him the papers to sign that next day and he had already been accepted to go to school here. And, um, and I was like, if I don't do it today, I'm never going to do it. So I broke up with him and, um, Since then I decided I had I decided that I didn't want to be a nurse, that I was in nursing school and I didn't want to do that anymore. Um and that August I went back to nursing school and um I'm a nurse now. (laughs) I just passed boards a couple weeks ago and I plan on going on some medical missions once I'm established in my field. And God is using me, regardless of my mistakes. Um, God can meet you right where you are. You don't have to be perfect. He, I was I was far from perfect. I was right in the middle of my struggle when God came and rescued me. And God doesn't use you once you've come through your struggles. God uses you in the midst of your struggles. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have your life together. God wants to meet you right where you are, where whether you are making straight A's and you've got your life together, or you're just down in the dumps and you just don't think that there's anywhere to go but up. Um, God can meet you right where you are, and He can use you. Um, Jeremy said this has said this a couple times in his sermons, and I've heard it other places too. But God doesn't call the qualified; God qualifies the called.
0: Okay, and finally. <laughs> According to Jackson, the best. <laughs> You're going to have to wear this one because this one's making all that noise. Oh, fancy. I my earring out of the way. Josh
3: Hoskins. Hang on. Look, I can't quit breathing into it. This is going to be fun. Okay. Roll that first picture. My story is kind of boring, so I brought pictures. Okay. There. Kristen K. Dennison, January 27th, 1982. In case you're doing the math, I'm 21. And the world's been a better place since, wouldn't you agree? These are my siblings, Carrie, she's the oldest, she's at the top there, Kelly, and Caleb. Funny story, I'd given Caleb a black eye and my mom put makeup on him for that picture. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, guys. Girls, I put this one there for you. Just in case you were wondering if you should bring the overalls back. There you go. This is what you're going to look at later. See? Okay, let me tell you about the overalls. I saved my money. They were $21 at Cato's and how old was I there I must have been 16 I might have been no I had to have been 16 because I saved up this money and I had just gotten my car and my I was my dad I talked him into I may have been just had my permit may have just been like 15 and a half anyway I talked him into taking me or let me drive him over to Cato's in Ponca City to get these overalls. So we get there and I'm so excited that I just hop out of the car and so I'm like running in there with my money in hand to get the overalls. We go back out to the car and I had locked the keys in the car. My dad was so mad at me. Okay, so Kristen Wyatt, born January 27th, 1982. So growing up, I grew up in a Christian home I was saved somewhere between the age of three to five, because I think I pretty well thought I was three, because I didn't have any, I didn't have a lot of birthday parties, so I think I thought I was three for a couple of years, you know what I'm saying, they just didn't say, hey, Kristen, it's your birthday, happy birthday, so I'm thinking it was somewhere in there, because I thought I was three for a really long time, so I was sitting on Christine Hill's lap when I was somewhere between three and five, and she asked me if I wanted to ask Jesus into my heart, so I did, and that's when I got saved. I grew up in the church, went to missionettes, completed honor star, all that stuff. I met Jeremy Paul Wyatt when I was nine years old. And I knew instantly that he was special. Yes, I did. I'm not kidding you. He was up there singing, I know the master of the wind. And I was just like, he may not be able to sing, but he's got some talents, I can tell. Anyway, when I was 14, I told my mom, I'm like, I'm gonna marry Jeremy Wyatt. And we all know how that ended. When I was 16, oh well, let me first. Till sixth grade I went to Blackwell Christian Academy. Okay. It was a school of about 80 people total, kindergarten through twelfth grade. And we were the the clarions. Does anybody have any idea what a clarion is? It's the guy riding in the horse on the horse in battle with the trumpet to declare victory. That's who we were. So anyway, so I went to Christian school. Then in seventh grade, my mom and dad decided they were going to homeschool me. That's why I'm a weirdo. Ah. Okay, so anyway, when I was 16, Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy and I started dating. What's the next slide? There. Oh, look at that one. Yeah, right? Huh? I struggle to find any pictures of myself without him in it as a teenager. Look at that hair. Hey, guys, that was the start of my uh, hair skill. Uh, Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Okay, so we started dating. We fell in love, and then we... What's the next one? We got married October 26, 2001. I was 19 years old. Show the next one. There we are, married. Walking out. Look at us. Then, what is the next one? Is that the start of the kids? Okay, look at this next one, you guys. This is the day that my life changed. That was the day my life changed, but this one. Jackson Paul Wyatt, July fifteenth, two 2003. Next one. Next. Look at that, you guys. Imagine, imagine being a 21-year-old girl never have had a baby. And they bring you this wrapped in a blanket. Look at him. Isn't he perfect? Yeah. Changed my life forever. We have some more of Jackson. Let's keep scrolling through Jackson. I've got more to talk about. Come on. When Jackson was born, Jeremy and I were youth pastors at, uh, what was it called? Timber Ridge Assembly of God in Catoosa, Oklahoma. We were there one year as youth pastors. I was a youth pastor's wife at 21, and I had students in my youth group that were my age. So basically, and then here we are today. I stand before you, 33, actually. I know you were, you can't believe that, but here's, I'm just going to read some of the things I jotted down. I don't have a testimony where, you know, I did drugs, I struggled with alcohol, I didn't, none of that. I have more of a story of I've always kind of believed What I learned as a little girl in church Daniel Lions Den, Joan and the Whale Jesus and the Cross Just kind of always believe that And I feel like growing up I just chose I decided you know what I want to live for the Lord I want to have a quality life I want to be able to say You know I want God to be able to say I'm proud of you Kristen Good job well done And I have had moments in my life where I've struggled or that things have really been hard and heart-wrenching really with my family and things like that. But most of the time, my life's been pretty ordinary. Nothing to... People look at it and be like, she's kind of boring. <laughs> but I know it's not true. because it really is. When I've decided that, just like the stories in the Bible, I've always known that God can use the ordinary... Can use the broken and he can use the outcast. And my favorite verse is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I have it right here because I didn't write it down. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And verse 12 says Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. Thirteen, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I believe that for all of us, even though the Bible says God has a plan for you, and I feel like anymore we all decide that it's I'm destined for greatness. Would you agree, everybody here? I mean, come on, I'm destined to do something big with my life. I always thought that. I thought I was going to be Celine Dion, basically, you know, the next Celine Dion. Why you laugh? (laughs) No, but seriously, I always thought, okay, what I do is going to make a difference. People are going to know about it. People are going to talk about it, right? That's what we want, right? When we die, we want people here to be like, Kara Ray was a pillar
2: for the Christian community.
3: Wouldn't you love to be able to say that? For people to be able to say that? But the truth is that God's plan, and I do believe, that He has a plan for every one of us. And while some of us may achieve that greatness, right? I, I really believe that some of us, most of us, probably even all of us, will live seemingly ordinary lives. And that when we go, the best thing that somebody might say about us maybe somebody who knew us really well and isn't talking about it on social media, isn't declaring it, it's not in some book, but saying, you know what, they love the Lord. That's what I can say about Celeste. I almost said Melissa. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm like, Celeste. But you know what I mean? Okay, so we all want to be able to say, oh, man, he's a rock star. Man, Moses he's so good at those drums. He is going to be famous one day. But that may not happen. But here's what I've decided. In God. With the Holy Spirit living in your lives, your life does not, it will not be ordinary. It may look ordinary here, here on earth. It may seem ordinary. They may not write books about you. You may not go down in history or social media or whatever. But what we do should always be advancing the kingdom of God, living for God, serving God. And it doesn't matter. I'm working at Macy's right now. It's a good job. I like it. Did I think that this is where life would take me? Where I would be stocking merchandise and hanging up dresses, although I do like that. No. But you know what? Sometimes, as adults and then even as kids or whatever, sometimes we just have to do what we have to do, right, Jackson? Sometimes, sometimes we have to do things we don't want to do, study, do whatever it is, and it may seem ordinary and life's going to be better one day. Maybe it will be. Maybe it'll still be hard. But if you serve God, love God, love others, I do believe with all my heart your life will be extraordinary. Walk in his presence. Walk in his spirit. Daily seek him. And you will live a life extraordinary. And that's it. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it.